0: Hello, everybody. You're listening to the fastest-growing women's wrestling website on the web, Squared Circle Sirens, and we're glad to be here with you for another episode of Siren Sound Off. I'm Chris Riddle, being joined by the king of the chicken wings, Jose Gonzalez. Take that, Nicole Bass. The one and only, the ring bell herself, the Dr. Sierra Reed. I'm here, but I'm sick. And from Nova Pro and from Queens of Combat, Dennis Taylor. Hello! You were very excited. I Thank you, that. Chris Redhall. It
1: is always a pleasure to be in your presence, unless if you have Cookout, then fuck that.
2: It's the jet lag speaking, people. Cookout can tweet me at Bell <laughs>
0: And also joining us is the owner of Squared Circle Sirens, the one and only Casey Michael. Hello. Y'all. It's been a big week, there's a lot going on If you didn't realize that, then watch Raw there'll be 75 segments in a 5 minute period And you'll realize it's Wrestlemania season Speaking of Wrestlemania season We've been holding on to this one For a little bit now, and we're really glad To get to tell you out loud, or I've been Holding on to it for a little bit Beth Phoenix is back, y'all And it looks like she Possibly will be involved In a tag title feud Going into Wrestlemania
2: What the hell? (laughs) It feels like we're the ones booking the show Because I feel like ever since the tag title has been announced We've been waiting on one of the classic Women's tag teams to pop up And who better than the Divas of Doom
0: I'm really excited about this You know, a lot of people were talking about Maybe Trish and Lita coming back for Wrestlemania Obviously anybody that knows me Knows those are my queens But I've always loved Beth And I think, you know, we saw Trish and Lita A lot over the last year It's really cool to see something different
2: yeah, I mean, also, to be fair, uh, Beth and Natalia have been a more consistent tag team, aside from the one match they had as friends on a SmackDown, whereas Trish and Lita, they've been known for their work against each other less than the work they've done as a cohesive unit. So I feel like as far as tag team goes, that seems like a more natural fitting and more relevant choice just because Natty's still active on today's roster too. Right.
1: Well, I think there's also this piece of you also have this – realm of Beth Phoenix, who arguably retired before her time, right? Like, obviously, right. living her family, doing all those things, great nice. things. But you look at what Beth Phoenix was doing in the time of the era of the diva, and it's very similar to what is happening now. And so for her to be able to fully kind of do that is it, still something that I'm excited for. Plus, to see her mix it up with the women of today, I'm all about it.
3: I, I agree with that. Because for me, it's like seeing Beth Phoenix come back, I've always felt like her, Mickey James, and so many other women during that Divas division were in the wrong era. Like, nothing was wrong with the Divas era at all. I never had a problem with it. But I feel like now seeing her and Natalya come back, because even before her return, watching Raw for the past couple weeks, I've always been like, Natalya seems like she does not go here anymore. Like, you see how the division has advanced, basically advanced past her. Like, yeah, she's capable of giving that good match and blending in with everyone, but you still have get that sense of, like, she's not really being cohesive with everyone. And now seeing her and Beth both coming from a prior era and both coming together and being like, okay, now we're in the era that we pretty much helped shape, and coming after those tag team belts, like, I can't even complain about that. Like, I think that's that's cool. It's nice to see. And it's also cool because it's like they're paying homage to the previous era in a way. Because, like, what the, I've noticed with them lately where beforehand it used to be, oh, the Divas era was so bad. Like, they were constantly dogged the Divas era. But lately they've been kind of softening the blow about the Divas era and pretty much kind of, like, in a way, making up for what they did and kind of like apologizing to those women and to the fans. Like, we're sorry. you know how cool. how
0: cool is it that we're finally seeing some, you know, we've talked about probably for the last two or three years now how it seemed like there was a gap of any acknowledgement of a certain time frame. And it seems like within the last couple months, Tori Wilson's going into the Hall of Fame, as we found out the last week. Uh, Beth Phoenix is coming back for a big match. She's in the Hall of Fame now. It seems like there's finally some acknowledgement going on of all the different eras.
4: Yeah, and I I feel like Beth retired way too early. I felt like she yeah. had a lot more to give. And, I mean, just tonight when she came out, she looked fantastic. She looked better and she looked when she was an active competitor, I think. She's in great shape, and I think she can still perform and put on a great match. I'm super excited to see her back.
0: So for those who don't know, we record the show normally during Raw, and we all freaked the hell out at Beth, <laughs> at Beth coming out in that damn shirt. Yeah. Like, she looks freaking incredible.
3: You know what she looked like? Remember when she first debuted on Raw, the yeah. act, Mickey J D- Oh, yeah. And she got injured? Yes. Yes, that's yes. what she looked like tonight, like straight up flashback.
0: I told I told everybody last night. I said she coming back. She got the extensions in.
2: It's serious. We'll mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, that is kind of WWE's deal maker, right? Yeah, you know what? I, I don't think anybody's really ever talked about that. But can we talk about
0: how it's like pretty much a requirement to get these ridiculous extensions? Like, not not that best looks ridiculous, but like. Comparative hair length, like these normally ridiculous length hair extensions, when you get called up to the main roster, most of the time, like yeah,
3: it, it's it's excessive. Um, a lot of times it's like you could tell it's super obvious that it's fake. But being a woman and knowing how much work and stuff we do to our hair, especially with like hot tools like flat irons, curling irons, and especially with them being on the road every day of the year, you yeah. know. Actually having the hair extensions in actually kind of takes the load off your actual hair. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, like eventually it it wears on your natural hair because it's, you know, regardless if you're getting tape-ins or if you're getting a sew-in, like eventually it wears on your scalp and you got to remove them and then, you know, take a break from them. But it actually kind of helps keep all that off of your fucking head <laughs> for a couple weeks, you know. Yeah. It's pretty cool. I never thought about it that way, actually. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, I'm still trying to figure out how Naomi gets her weave get changed every week like that, because her weave. I think she
2: actually said they were wigs at one point.
3: But they look so good.
4: And they stay on. (laughs)
3: Like, hook some of your other friends up on a roster.
4: Because,
3: my god, some people are lacking.
4: And it's a big investment to do that to your hair, too. Like, being in yeah. the hair industry, like, yeah.
3: Ugh. I was yeah. going to say, Casey,
0: this is your area of expertise. Chime in. <laughs>
4: <laughs> but it does definitely help your hair, and it definitely helps, you know, like, when you're taking a bump, I'm sure the extra padding helps.
3: Yeah. Mm. And if my rips come out, you can be like, oh, it's weave, honey. Right. <laughs> you know? You don't have to worry about it. But it it is expensive, like. Very expensive to mm-hmm. keep up on. I'm glad I don't have those problems anymore, because honey... <laughs> the oh, weave.
2: Yeah, I can only imagine how much actually has into maintaining just that alone.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So, uh that is... I'm excited about this.
0: You guys see it being... Obviously, it looks like a three-way. Do you think you see anybody else added? We're kind of talking about the show last night.
2: At this point, you kind of have to have one SmackDown team in that match because you have the champions who are already on Raw. You have their main contenders on Raw. You have a legend coming back to team with someone from Raw where SmackDown in the picture
4: Right. That's how, and I, feel. I know
2: like kind of last night it looked like they were teasing that Mandy Rose and Sony Deville are kind of gonna go separate ways, so it kind of leaves the door open for SmackDown's main actual women's tag team being the iconics, but considering how consistently they've been used lately, I don't know whether or not to actually give them that kind of a uh, that kind of spotlight
4: I think um did you what was it called the second screen or something? Last watch night. along or something, something yeah there was like something that, like that because s- i know peyton and billy were on there so uh, apparently the
2: revival did some dirty dancing stuff It's on twitter if they you really were care. really
4: good on it they showed a lot of personality and i wish they could do that stuff like on segments and stuff but they did really good and i kind of hope they get on the wrestlemania card i love them i would love that really would. So, uh, speaking of the SmackDown side of things,
0: Asuka did defeat Mandy Rose to retain the SmackDown Women's Championship. Y'all, I love Asuka. I love Mandy, but this match was weird. It did no one any
2: favors, honestly. the, the,
0: The finish with Sonya... Grabbing a kendo stick and then it never being used and then Mandy tripping over the ring apron. Because which didn't even look so like she
2: was tripping on the ring apron. Just looks like she deliberately put her foot kind of under the rope and then the, the kick that actually looked like it connected, which it did. I don't It's just something about that match was off the whole time yeah. and I don't know what it was. And I don't think it was Mandy's ability. You know, a lot of people say, oh, Mandy, you shouldn't be in the ring
0: with
4: this one or this one. No, Mandy's fine. It's not that. It's just they didn't click. I thought it was weird that Sonya was on the outside and she like lifted up the ring apron and looked under it and didn't get anything and the camera was focused on her and nothing happened and it was just weird. I I didn't understand anything.
2: Like, as dumb as it sounds, I feel like having Sonya out there and her doing, like, the bare minimum of anything kind of defeated the purpose of her having her out there, because she didn't really interfere in the match, and then when she did do anything, it was so insignificant that she could just stay in the back.
1: At the end of the day, I think this still comes back to terrible booking on the SmackDown side, which we talked about the Mm -hmm. last times we've talked at the end of the day the mistake was still dropped here of fire and desire not just going in the tag team realm like they got built as this huge force in the elimination chamber they got to the final two then they're like ah shit Asuka's got no one because we moved the person who should have faced her at Mania into the Raw Women's Triple Threat so we got to come up with something. And so they're just throwing whatever's sticking at this point or whoever's around to just be like, eh, fuck it. And so now they're just trying to backtrack on what is fire and desire. And I'm sure it'll just pull like every other women's tag team in WWE history huh. that we'll just pretend next week that nothing happened.
4: Yeah.
0: In, in WrestleMania season, there's always a lot of, this never happened two weeks later we saw that as we we're recording this with ashley and um leo rush tonight like it's just hey oh god we gotta put these two back together so we can have them do attack match at mania or have them in the battle royal together or da, da 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 sasha and bailey like it's just i don't i don't they're not gonna follow up on this correctly right now there's too much going on it's smackdown like there's only 2 hours on SmackDown. Your women's roster, you don't use half of them on SmackDown. If you do announce a match, it's usually canceled. Like, they're I'm telling y'all, they're not going to end up following up on this. Of like Dennis said, they'll end up back in the tag title match at Mania and it'll be like nothing ever happened. It was honestly seemed like just a cheap way to get out of the match. Out of the title, though was SmackDown Women's title match last night. Well,
2: the mm-hmm. funny part is to me is that Asuka's barely been on TV on a bi-weekly basis, so I didn't even think they're going to have a SmackDown Women's title match at Thassling because there hasn't been any sort of growth in the SmackDown Women's division other than Charlotte cutting promos for Raw.
1: But that's what I disagree, actually. I think mm-hmm. now was actually the chance at Fastlane to pull a title change. Because they'd done nothing, it was actually would have been a way to make Fastlane mm-hmm. interesting. Mm-hmm. Because every single Fastlane result, including Shane McMahon heel turn, was absolutely
2: predictable.
4: Yeah. Either,
1: that, either that, it was either predictable or just some
0: weird-ass massive clusterfuck.
2: <laughs> or my favorite part, the random-ass match is happening out of thin air. And and Chris ranting about it on Twitter. I think about all of that it, it
1: all of that aside, whatever, these pay per views in between Royal Rumble and WrestleMania don't matter. Like this could have been a chance to at least make the pay-per-view somewhat exciting and at least flip the SmackDown title picture. It would have made a lot more sense, in all honesty, had they put the belt on Mandy. First of all, it would have freaked out everyone on Twitter, which would have been a great giggle for me. But second of all, like, you then could have had Asuka go back for the title at Mania. At least it would have been a story. At least it would be something. Now we're probably looking at Lacey Evans going against Asuka because she's the only one walking around for a minute.
4: Right, and I feel like they teased a breakup between Sonia and Mandy before at the Royal it Rumble. They didn't go anywhere with it then. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like if they put the title on Mandy, they could have done something with that, made it a Mania match. You know, there was a lot of ways they could have done something and they just didn't
1: they went with what was safe. And at the end of the day, I'm fine with that too. Like, let me be very clear. I don't have a problem with Oscar being the SmackDown women's champion. In all honesty, I think it's kind of overdue in my personal opinion with all of that being said, When you have such a focus on the Raw Women's title, which I love, and I might be one of the few that actually loves the every in and out of this Triple Threat so far, I have no problem with the I mean,
0: the actual Triple Threat itself, the match quality is going to be better as the Triple Threat. It's going
1: to be great. All in all, my bigger issue with all of this is once again, we are going back to this idea that Raw means down. And -hmm. it's... It's always been. And my bigger issue is, is that this is why there shouldn't be two women's championships, or at least two that are both called women's championships, And the sense of there should just be a quote unquote lesser title. And that's just what it should be. Well,
0: let's be 100% honest. And I think we talked about this the last show. Um, this national women's title is basically the women's and Cup mental title for
1: the most part. Let's and it, but real. that's the way that should just be pitched. Like, I think we're still looking at this as now... Uh, And I I don't mean to speak necessarily for the entire community, but as a women's wrestling community, we're all pissed that Asuka has nothing and this title means nothing. And so we're sitting here and we're going to, you know, yeah, nitpick matchup, match at Fastlane that, guess was not that great, but still sit here 27 days away from WrestleMania and be like, what the fuck's happening? Who cares? Because meanwhile, I've known the Raw women's match for about two and a half months now.
0: Right,
1: right. It just At the end of the day, it just doesn't matter. And I think for me, it's a really big issue of you still have all these girls on SmackDown doing nothing that we could easily build a picture. And that's why I'm hoping for the Vicky Guerrero Memorial Battle Royal for the SmackDown Women's title.
0: I was going to say, um, why not just have the Battle Royal be for the title? Sure.
1: At least it gives something. Fuck it. Say mm. Asuka can be everyone and anyone at the same time. Nobody's I'm ready scared. for Asuka. Let's go. Cool. It's a story. I'm not mad about it. That can be the whole damn concept. I would like
3: ten percent throwing the
2: 80. other woman from round that aren't doing anything. At least or, it gives them some
3: Yeah. Or the fact that Oscar you could go with the storyline that she was once undefeated and she's beaten everyone. Yeah, to yeah. right in there.
1: Go with the story of Oscar has beaten everyone and fucking make it an NXT battle royal. For a chance against Asuka. I don't care. Do something. Give me anything at this point for a story. Hell, give me a number one contendership match of a one-on-one of two girls who've been on SmackDown this whole damn time. I don't care. Tell me something. Or
0: even if you're going to have Lacey Face Asuka, have the Battle Royal where the winner becomes the number one contender to face Asuka on the main show. Like do something it's like well nobody wants to work two matches on mania well then have Lacey hide under the ring the whole time there's ways to do it you just have to put a little bit of an effort in there
4: i agree
2: but are we so like set in stone that we really think Lacey evans is gonna end up having a match with oscar at wrestlemania or do we think that they could flip the switch and probably go with someone like naomi
1: Oh, they could flip the switch at any point. I'm going to be really clear. I don't think WWE knows what they're going to do. I think we say here this entire time that Lacey Evans only got penciled in because, you know, she was getting all this advertising push. But then again, none of them have done anything, so who cares?
2: Honestly, I feel like it's safer just to go for a multi-woman match for the SmackDown women's title because looking at the women that are on SmackDown, you see Zelina and Carmella in managing roles. You see Fire and Desire and the Iconics and their tag team stuff, and chances are they're probably not going to be included in the tag title match just because WWE doesn't know what the hell else to do outside of the Raw Women's division. So it paints a pretty picture of what the hell do we do.
0: Well, that's because have- the Raw Women's division has gone rogue,
2: Jose.
3: Or how about we have some people from Raw go to SmackDown?
2: I, I, I was going to say. I don't know why the um, hell they didn't do the shakeup before WrestleMania. You know, like, like,
0: like honestly, I mean, Alexa Bliss isn't just facing Oscar at WrestleMania. She's
3: perfectly clear. Mickey James, Mickey James oh would be god. perfect. Um,
0: Ruby Riot,
3: Ruby Riot. Oh my god! I had said before, Oscar.
0: Yeah, I said before oh. she got hurt that Ember would have been good.
3: Yes. But imagine the Riot Squad just popping up on SmackDown, just going after Asuka. Like, why not? That would
0: be good, because it would be like, um...
3: Okay. They could target her just the same way as they did Natalia. because Natalia's moved on from that program now. She's focused on Naya and Tamina, so...
0: That's another thing, though. The, um, the Riot Squad has worked their asses off over the last year, yeah. and it's odd to me that they're not involved in this tag team storyline thus far.
3: Unless they're going to put them in there.
0: Yeah, which I, that it, would be all Raw teams then.
3: Because I have a feeling the Iconics, you know what, speaking of that, if they're not going to put the Iconics in this tag team match, I have a feeling they're not going to. Why are they challenging Asuka? <laughs> what is going on? Like, there's so many ample opportunity there. They're just not using it. Like.
0: I don't get it. I
2: Like, honestly, we could just, like, come up with 50 million different ideas of what to do with the SmackDown Women's title picture and make it mean something, like a freaking awkward eight-way match or whatever the fuck you want to call it. I say
3: say that they should go to Japan and summon Aja Kong and just be fucking done with this. Like, just...
2: But she's an AEW.
3: Not AEW? Like, she gives a fuck about borders. (laughs) She does what she
0: wants. That's my favorite Sierra quote of all time.
3: She does what she wants. She's been wrestling for 30-something years. A woman does not care.
0: Well, okay, so SmackDown's a mess. But let's talk about a woman who really doesn't give a fuck. <clears throat> I would just like to take this opportunity to tell y'all that wrestling's fake.
3: <laughs> no, really. It is? What? Mm-hmm. Huh?
0: See, you see, isn't real. And really, if I wanted to, I could take y'all out by just sneezing in your direction. Oh, my God, are you
2: unvaccinated?
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: that was good. Hey, John.
2: that note.
1: Segway.
2: Um, well, speaking of unvaccinated, let's talk about the Raw Women's title picture. Oh, my God. So last night we had a match at Fastlane where Charlotte Flair from SmackDown Live... Competed against Becky Lynch, also from SmackDown Live. Live. Women's Royal Rumble winner, no less, where if Becky won the match, she would be added to the Raw Women's title match to make it, uh, Teddy Long's favorite, a triple threat match.
3: Mind you, she's already got a guaranteed shot at the belt anyways.
2: (laughs) Yep, so we're about, what, eight minutes into this weird-ass Charlotte half-joking, (laughs) half-selling match, and... Becky pretending that her knee's still injured even though she's using it perfectly fine, where Ronda she Rousey shows up fun. in the middle of uh, this damn match, and does uh, Maria Canella oh, split, split this route to uh, get the whole uh, disqualification route for adding Becky into the match, so Becky didn't fuck up her own chances. Thoughts?
3: I'm fine with this program. I, I, I feel like
4: I'm it's fine with-
2: too much. <laughs> I think it's too
0: much too soon. We've still got four weeks to mania.
2: I feel like in theory, it's not a bad idea. It's a way to add Becky into the match without having to do too much if they're still trying to sell the injury. But my thing is just an execution. It was the most awkward thing ever. There was random pauses. I like, you like you could this deliberately pop- hear Charles Robinson telling the ring announcer that the winner by disqualification was Becky. Yeah,
3: and there was no follow-up. Like I did not like the pauses. I didn't like the awkward spot. Besides that, I feel like even though the spot was executed terribly, it was a good idea because in the end, Aranda's getting what she wanted. She wanted to face Becky Lynch at Mania, not Charlotte. Like That's the whole purpose of her laying down the title and saying that I'm not going to be your women's champion. That's who I wanted. She had a guaranteed shot at me. That's who I want to face, and you guys are just going to throw Charlotte in there. Becky Lynch is selling this injury, and I don't think she's actually injured. I think she's just she's using She's pulling this. a bright heart in 2010. I feel like she's pulling a bright heart. And the reason why I'm saying this is because, one, she's trying to pull a wool over Ronda's head and making her think, like, oh, I'm weak. You can easily beat me. And then also it's a way to drag Charlotte in this because her and Charlotte still have, like, this sick, twisted relationship where they just never can be done with each other. It's like me and my ex-boyfriends. They always come you know? back to
0: each other.
3: Yeah. Like, well, kind of, I guess, honey, if you want to put it that way. But it, I kind of like it. It's kind of it's kind of sick and twisted. But I kind of like it because it's just so much drama with it. Well, and I we've well, been wanting this type of shit with the women's division for so long. And the fact that they're going to main event, possibly, mania, like...
0: I was talking about this with you guys earlier. Um, I am doing a Becky Lynch video for a new series we're doing called It's Cord Circle Hype, debuting at WrestleMania. And um, I really think, looking back on it and looking at footage from the last year, the Becky-Charlotte
2: feud does not get enough credit. It is really, really
0: good, and there's been a lot of different layers to the story.
2: Yes. Well, I mean, it's kind of funny you brought that up, Chris, because the point I was going to make is it seems like on TV, the feud for the woman's title seems to be more of a continuation of Becky versus Charlotte than it does Becky versus Rhonda, unless you're just going solely off of Twitter, where it's Rhonda versus Grammar and... Becky's just soft, minding her own business, talking shit like she always does. It's just, there's two different ways they're trying to tell a story, but for some reason it just doesn't gel together other than when they're trying to go the shoot-esque ground, and it, it's really confusing.
1: I absolutely disagree entirely with almost everything that every single one of you have said so far.
2: Go ahead, Dennis Taylor.
1: I think at the end of the day, this story is exactly what it should be and exactly what I expected it to be. Same. Anybody who thinks that Ronda Rousey is going to take a glorified story that makes so much perfect, well-written-out soap opera sense is fucking nuts. You're absolutely ridiculous if you don't think that this idea that Ronda Rousey just wants to fucking break people's arms isn't going to work is wrong. This is literally what her whole entire UFC career was. This is entirely what we're talking about. Right now, we are finally getting the Ronda Rousey that was back in that ring. If we're really sitting here and talking and we want a nitpick story and we want to sit here and talk about how, oh, we have to look at Twitter. Oh, we have to look at this shoot or not shoot video or, oh, whatever. Get over it. It's absolutely ridiculous. At the end of the day, everyone is talking about it. It is doing exactly what it needed to do. Twitter is talking about it. The only people who are bitching about it are people who think that they know the ins and outs of everything. Let it go. It's fine. The story is fine. The women are probably main eventing. This is working. All of it makes logistical sense. Let it go. It's perfect. And I'm done.
3: And Queen, honey, I agree with everything you're saying. Like, everything... I don't get why everybody complains about it. Like, I feel like the way everything's going is the way we all imagine it going.
0: Honestly. My my issue is I don't think they're it's a lot at once. I think like what they're doing they should space out over.
3: I actually don't I mean I get that. But here's my thing. When I think of big storylines going into WrestleMania, especially the main event, it's always a lot.
1: Yes. It's always a lot. I agree with that. My my response.
3: My only thing is I
4: feel like Becky's been on crutches for like two months. <laughs>
3: yeah, I don't. The, the but I think her- she's she's doing that on purpose because, like I said, she's doing it as a way to kind of get in Rhonda and Charlotte's head. I hope like, so. You guys, think you can have the easy advantage over me? Think about it. No. Anytime Charlotte has the easy advantage over Becky, she takes her opportunity from her. That's the reason why this storyline even fucking started between those two because no. Charlotte always taking Becky's opportunities. Let's also take a second
1: here to recognize that if it is the Monday night, the go-home episode before WrestleMania, and Becky comes out on this crutch and fakes this fucking injury and then takes the crutch and beats the shit out of both of them and says, I'm fine, let's go, that yes. going to be the most over moment in this entire story. We'll At probably still day- be talking about that five years from now and and maybe that's the case and maybe this just goes in with Becky pretending she's limping this whole time fine yes. maybe i'm wrong but i agree with everything that Sierra just said about how if this wouldn't be a lot right now would we not be sitting here on the sound off being like they're doing nothing yes. they've anything we have an issue like i'm okay with it because we still have 3 4 weeks to go mind you they need to continue on this they can't sit here and just let it die out at Fast lane from here, but I don't think they are. I think we actually have a true main event worthy storyline, and if you look back to any of the big storylines from the Attitude era that came out of the Royal Rumble through Mania, it was this much. It was a lot all of this time because it kept you on your toes, and it led you to that big main event moment. That's what we're doing here. If we just sit back as a Twitter community for a hot minute and just watch the fucking show I think we would all be much happier
3: I've been enjoying this program from this, the very beginning not way before Rhonda's inclusion because I said this is this is not done this is a story that's going to keep going and going 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 and it's been going and we've all been watching this like Becky's storyline with Charlotte has been we've been watching it unfold for years it's just in the past year It's gotten even more, you know, strained of a relationship. And now we're kind of seeing just kind of like, oh, wow, Charlotte is opportunistic. She does take her opportunities. She's not a good friend. Like, we're really seeing these things. And it's like, you know, now we're getting them in this big program. And it's like, this is where it should lead to. Like, you know, they had all these big matches in the past year and, now they're having Rhonda thrown in this. Like, I cannot wait till, you know, when Becky does reveal that she was not injured. Because, I mean, think about it. Why would she not go get checked out by the doctors? That way she could have her match against Rhonda? What Stephanie told her to. Because she was not injured. That's true. Like, there's, there's multiple reasons why. But, I mean, that moment when she, like, unveils that she was not injured, that's going to be, like, just like a oh my God moment. And I can't wait to watch it unfold. I can't wait till that weekend's hype for it. Like this it, is going to be history in the making right here.
1: Absolutely. And if I'm being even more honest, I think it's even better that we finally flip the switch and let Rhonda go heal. Yes. She was never getting yeah. over Becky at this point. I agree.
4: And,
1: and like, this story to me now makes sense. I think even more than two, three weeks ago, I'm all in on this. Like I am so excited about where the story is. I think I even like it better than if it was just Rhonda and Becky, which is what yeah. I said two weeks ago. I don't I, think there'd be that many layers to it if it was. I just agree. Becky and Rhonda. I think this is so good. And I think, in all honesty, the next part that I really want to see is I want to see the McMahons double down on Charlotte Flair. I want to see them put her over to the moon. Let her build this new heel heat. Let Ronda keep doing this FWW. Let her beat a
3: rock during the corporate ministry.
1: Yes. Let it happen i am ready this is honestly the big match feel that i have wanted since i was a little kid i'm stoked and i think anybody who is going to nitpick the issues ins and outs of it sure we can sit here and i can nitpick any single match for you oh i mean that's wrestling exactly this right now is the most exciting thing in women's wrestling that i can remember period
0: I love me a good Dennis Taylor hot
2: take.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's no no fun if the five of us just sit on this show and all agree on everything. And I love me a good Dennis Taylor and or Sierra Reed hot take.
3: But see, I didn't have to say anything because he already said what was all up in my mind. It's because
1: we're matched together. Yes,
3: we're kindred souls. (laughs) Blessed be. (laughs) Ladies and...
2: Oh, go ahead, Chris. Go ahead, Jose. Well, I was going to say, we all agree there's no way in hell Becky is not winning at WrestleMania. I don't know. I,
1: She's winning. She has to win, and I would be so upset if she does it. But I won't be surprised if there's not a swerve. And in all honesty, at this point, I don't care who wins. I really don't. It's wrestling, don't, the wins and losses don't matter.
3: But here's the thing. I don't care who, who wins it, but it's like with this match... It feels like I'm rewatching history happen again, cause you know history repeats itself. For instance, Becky Lynch is stone cold in this sense, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. Charlotte is The Rock, yep. Corporation Rock, and Rhonda is Triple H, young yes. Triple H trying to get in that title picture. That's yes. what I'm watching right now.
1: Yes, we are watching like what would be an attitude era main event. It's it's great, and I'm all in. Every part of the story, whether it's on Twitter or it's on TV or it's wherever, I don't care. I'm all in.
3: Like, the no. McMahon's, the make mans have their favorite. We have our favorite. And then Rhonda, a.k.a. Triple H, is the person that everybody just does not give a fuck about. <laughs> as long as yeah.
0: they don't involve Rhonda's hair guy anymore,
3: I'm good. Right. Oh, man. Can he stop putting them crop circles in her hair to
0: need her to quit making U-turns out of that woman's hair.
3: Oh, her scalp be so tied back. So tight.
0: Head, shoulders, knees, and toes, knees, and toes.
3: She can't even do hit. It's so tight up there.
1: Okay, next story.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, Corey Wilson's going into the WWE Hall of Fame.
1: I would, yeah. like, to I would like to talk first, please. Go ahead. The floor
2: recognizes uh, Mr. Taylor.
1: I am very excited for this, but I know even Queen Sierra and I can agree. That Stacy Keebler should have been first. But no, that's okay.
3: We're not fucking doing no. this. What show am I on yet?
2: But no. hashtag Stacy for HOF?
1: Oh my god, yes. I'm all in. Am I on the right show? Both Sierra and I have agreed that Stacy no, is the true queen of WCW.
2: She uh you could tweet hashtag Stacy for HOF at Aaron Lulynch.
1: Stacey Stacy Keebler is everything. Let's be clear. Sierra and I both agree. And so, therefore, Tori's fine, but Stacy's coming.
3: No, Tori Wilson is the queen of wrestling and sketchers and doing a perfect drop kick. Okay, Converse <laughs> who? Okay, because I mean, she did it for years, decades. Like, I'm—I don't even know. I'm—I'm I'm shocked that they even announced Tori Wilson because, like. It felt like for the past couple of years, they've been trying to just round up of the last of the women wrestlers that they had. And so when I seen Tori Wilson, I'm like, first of all, y'all are joking. It's no way y'all are considering Tori Wilson. And then when I seen that they were serious, I'm like, oh, Queen, she's going in.
0: We should point out, people are going to get confused by that. Sierra may. I'm shocked that they're actually allowing Tory Wilson in a good way. Not and I can't believe you're putting Tory Wilson in. No,
3: no, I love Tory Wilson. See, that that's the thing like some people that like follow me are going to probably be like, "Oh my god, you're a Tory Wilson stan?" Yes, honey, I'm an OG stan, okay? I'm at these new kids on the block. Like well, I mean,
2: I- it's also the fact that she's also the first non-champion that's not been a convict to be exactly. inducted into the Hall of Fame. So it's It's just nice to see that someone who was just flat out a diva being recognized as one of the all time greats because like it or not, she was.
4: Uh,
0: Ladies and gentlemen, I have performed, I I have um, a formal statement that I have prepared for this and I would just like to take this opportunity to play
2: that statement. Uh, The floor recognizes Mr. Little. I would just like to take
0: this opportunity to recognize What is my favorite female wrestling theme song of all time?
3: This song
0: is a bop. Yes.
3: It's It's a continuous bop. Can I deny it?
0: Lillian Garcia just made
2: me cry by just performing the song. She was (laughs) real raw and inspiring at Judgment Day.
3: How does she not get an award for that, Uh, Lillian? Grammys! Yes.
1: Look, all in all, all seriousness... Sierra and I joke regularly of Stacy versus Tori. I am clearly team Stacy if you haven't noticed. Um but with that being said, I'm actually excited to see Tori go into the Hall of Fame. I think it's great. I think I it also have... recognizes to a certain degree what was trying to be had in SmackDown right before that Divas title came in. And I she... think Yeah. It... It really recognizes that, like, she really was the backbone of that SmackDown women's side of things for years. Um, and so, all in all, deserved, I'm happy, but I'm still holding out for the queen of five moves, Stacey Keebler.
3: And on top of that, she was supposed to be the Divas champion, the inaugural women's champion, Divas champion. And the reason why it didn't happen is because her rap Andrea, if you guys um, remember, she got released and was having back issues. And one of those issues was as a result of her being tossed by Chrissy Vane on that random SmackDown. The
0: backbreaker yeah. against the room post. Yes. Yeah.
3: yeah. After that, it was like all broke, hell broke loose with her back. And yeah, the company released her.
2: We won. Well, well, then. Well, I mean, kind of like on a more fun note, like what are your guys' favorite Tori Wilson memories just kind of going around? Um,
4: her feud with Don Marie.
0: Yes. Thank that's...
2: you. Thank you.
0: So for those who don't know, um, Squirt Circle Sirens in conjunction with a few other sites will be um, featuring a new project I'll be hosting called the Golden Era Podcast starting in April. I'll be hosting it along with Jake Smith and Chassie Taylor. Jose will be producing it and it will be distributed on this site and a couple others. So what we're doing, we're chronologically going um, through everything from 2001 to 2006 women's wrestling wise. And I have the first year of shows planned out. And one of them is entitled room 357 about Tori Wilson and Dawn Marie's feud. And I am so excited.
2: Like to, you cannot sit here and tell me that that whole storyline was not one of the best things that WWE has ever done on SmackDown period. It doesn't matter if it's a men's storyline, women's storyline from start to finish finish it is a masterpiece and
0: and you know what not just about that specifically but Tori's run in general she was
2: the backbone of Smackdown yes like she was literally Smackdown's Trish Stratus as far as like Mm -hmm. when in doubt put Tori out there like honestly
1: see actually like so my one of the things that I remember a lot was um oh god who was it was it sable at the time yeah it was it was sable right when they did the or was it stacy it was one or the other that they did the whole chuck and billy oh, it was. Stacey. oh my god like my favorite thing of all time um and like it was just like yeah it was a lot of those things that a lot of people are like oh that was kitschy oh that was bullshit like oh that was the piss break whatever the end of the day it really was entertaining and it was what WWE was at that time. And I think that it honestly was a time where Tori throughout all of it was kind of that person who a lasted a lot longer than people thought she was going to. Mm -hmm. And B really did make her mark all the way through Vince's devils and all of that. Like, there were just a lot of moments where she was there and she was in the crux of it.
3: Right. Cause I mean, I think some people forget, like she wasn't just like a pretty face. Like she was a manager for plenty of people on the roster. Yes. I mean, think about like how her and Tajiri got together.
0: Well, you know what?
3: We're not talking about the fact that she had a whole run in WCW. Yes, we're we're not going to escape that because, I mean, you know. The animals, and that was, like, something. The scaffold match. Brought in through the angle by the NWO to, you know, lure David Flair away, you know, when they were, like, antagonizing Ric Flair and all the older guys in WCW. So just imagine, like, being a 20-something-year-old girl and you don't know shit about wrestling right you get sent a limo to be picked up brought to this show and next thing you know five six years later you're still there (laughs) like that's literally what happened to Tori Wilson Mm -hmm. she wound up loving it and it's it's crazy to me when I've seen some people like oh my god Tori Wilson she was not good at wrestling and stuff and I'm like you know you can do something you know nothing about and grow to love it and she generally loved it like she got in the ring, even though she was not the greatest grappler of all time. Like, there's no dispute about that. But she Tori got Tori in there and say she that herself. Tried. Yes, and she tried. And the thing I loved about Tori Wilson, and I still did to this day, she was honest about that. Like, no, I'm not good. <laughs> but I'm trying. You know, like, I have a good time with it. I can never say there was ever a moment where I sat there and been like, Tori Wilson does not like this shit.
0: Never. If she didn't like it, She let's be honest, she's a very talented girl. She wouldn't
4: have done it for as long as she
0: did. Yeah.
4: And I very vividly remember being a young kid and seeing Tori on mm-hmm. everything. DVD covers, yes. magazine. She was the it girl in WWE. Her, her on SmackDown and Trish on Raw. If you did
0: not grow up during that time frame, like... Tori was one of the, it was Trish and Lita on Raw and Tori on SmackDown. Mm. That's how it was. Um, so congratulations to Tori Wilson. I'm very excited about this. I'm very excited to have two females going into the Hall of Fame for the first time ever. Uh, we talked about China a lot on the last episode that the public did not
2: hear, but mm. we did. So no, we did. Yeah. <laughs> just know that there was actually some conflicting opinions yeah. about it, too So it made for a good debate It'll probably resurface, hopefully, around WrestleMania time Because I'm sure it will with us because I'm still in Gretches. my boat uh, Do we have any idea of who you think's going to be inducting Tori?
0: Casey Keebler Lillian She's actually going to make the entire audience cry
2: Yes. See, I'm thinking it's probably going to be Candace Michelle But that's just me Candace was actually going to induct her But she just jumped off of a chair <laughs> During a TED talk And now she won't be able to
4: Ooh, Yeah but instead really of like the whole like induction why? speech It's
2: just her talking about Wisconsin know. And how her journey to becoming a women's champion And hold on Sierra Reed <laughs> Just
0: had Jose I'm sorry to interrupt But the the good doctor Sierra Reed Just had an idea and I'm shook.
3: Sierra, will you repeat that, please? What if, when Tori's getting ready to grace the stage with her presence and give us her presence, Lillian gets up there and performs? Behind the curtain behind the, the curtain! behind the curtain! Get out life!
1: Oh my god, can we? Next.
2: Thank <laughs> you, next. Taylor is not a fan of this theme song. Wait, I mean, did
3: somebody say? What Thank other you, thing? Next bitch? I, I mean, what other theme do you want me, them to I'll play? This what other theme do you want them to play for Tori? I mean, there's there's Am a I mean girl the like that. Am I that
2: actually liked a girl like that?
3: <laughs> I like a girl like
0: that. He, here's the deal with a girl like that. <laughs> I'm, pretty, I'm like ninety nine point nine percent sure that they lost the rights to that, and that's why Tori, with her appearances last year, has gone back to using Need a little time.
2: Well, I don't know if it's so much the licensing or if it's more so like that's the song I feel like is more identifiable with her. Because whenever you hear Not Enough For Me, you know that's Michelle McCool instead of Tori when she had it for like three months.
3: Yeah. But here's the thing. Tori's always preferred Need A Little Time.
2: Because it's Lillian's song.
3: Yeah. And Lillian made it for her. So that's what I'm saying. Not Uh, even as a wrestling song like that song.
0: Dennis Taylor's the king of controversial theme song takes and controversial fast food takes.
3: I mean, because I mean, his Queen's theme song was sung by a controversial person.
1: (laughs) Okay, and my controversial fast food takes are accurate, but the
3: songs, I the theme song is fine. It's whatever.
0: It's incredible. I mean,
3: we can have somebody just you know sing filling me. Out there, just I think that's more fitting. Yeah, can someone find Kennedy Lee.
2: <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, um, well, that's what? what Spotify says. Is who sang it? I'm just saying. Uh, who's you really want Lillian to butcher that?
3: Sing
0: what? Kennedy Lee. sang what? Feeling me? Yes. I never knew.
2: Oh Jesus! Who it was that? But... <laughs>
3: Well, I guess I, you guys didn't know that was Nicki Minaj rapping on Victoria's theme. No, 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 I oh, knew no, that. everyone knew that. So, there we go. <laughs> New discoveries.
0: Um, so, Jose, you want to tell us what happened on Impact?
2: Oh, yeah, so, uh, God, I haven't, I don't think I remember the last time I've ever gotten the chance to say this, but let's talk about Impact. So, this past week on Twitch or whatever pursuit channel Is, have,
0: is, is Impact if, actually where, uh, airing on our website yet?
2: I don't know, but uh, whatever it is, uh, we finally had the conclusion to the uh, dark feud between Su Young, Allie, and Rosemary in the Dark War match, which, contrary to popular belief, was not like the final deletion, but just kind totally like of seemed more like totally expecting
0: a backstage multiverse deal.
2: Oh, I totally did too, especially with how they um, planned everything out around uh, Bound for Glory time, too. It was really weird that they didn't do that, but... uh, By the way,
0: I... Sorry to interrupt, I just want to clarify something I said a second ago,
2: shitting on Impact. I
0: actually really love everything they're doing right now.
2: (laughs) Impact has been winning for a while now. I think, what, since early last year? Maybe a little before that? This whole Dark War,
0: I really love Ali's transformation. Question for you guys, though. Um... (laughs) The undead bride Main.
1: bridesmaid, Buggy Nova. Uh, it is Casey Spinelli. Oh, okay. Nova. Is that, has that been her the entire time? It was before. I don't know if it's the most recent one because you know it is just. Face I think, paint. but yes, the past one. So like when we had, oh, it would have been Sue and Undead versus Ally Rosemary. That was Casey Spinelli
4: And Buggy Nova. Did I believe it too. it's still Casey. I it mean, was
1: that makes point.
4: sense they Casey before, so... Well, I mean, my yeah.
2: thing is, like, usually they save Casey for, like, the Toronto taping, so that's the only weird part, because S was in Vegas, Yeah, so. it was Buggy
3: She's
1: under contract.
3: Yeah, she is. And it's, and another thing with Impact, they've really loaded up on a lot of Canadian talent mm-hmm. lately. I mean, go ahead, because, I mean, there's some talent up there, honey. Wasn't it Buggy
4: Nova at the Las Vegas tapings? Buggy B- no- yeah, Nova? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, she was there. Yeah,
2: Yeah, I did not know about that one Okay But yeah so basically it was just a six woman tag match Kind of loose on the rules But yeah Rosemary and Jordan Grace And Kiara Hogan ended up defeating Sue The undead bride and Allie And then Rosemary Attaches a collar and a leash around Allie To reclaim her bunny
0: So we'll be kind of interested to see I'm I'm assuming now there will be some segments Rosemary trying to transform Allie so, um, I like it. I'm glad Rosemary's back finally after all these months in the ring. I just, um, I'm really a fan of everything they're doing. Speaking of, I got some other stuff to get to with Impact, but I wanted to bring this up before I forget. Big news since the last time we've been with you. Madison Rain has returned officially to Impact Wrestling.
4: Come on, queen. I'm
0: very excited queen. about
4: this. I'm very excited. I love Madison. She was being wasted at Woman of Honor who isn't. Wait, who? Wait, hold on. Ring of Honor has a women's division? I know. Shocking, right? It's okay, they're gonna get featured
3: soon.
0: Sure. And I'm who?
1: Too.
3: I was told that in twenty
0: eleven. I've just been um told in um, my it's just twenty eleven.
3: I was told that again in twenty twelve. I'm,
0: I'm not even gonna add thumbnail on the book
3: And I was told that again in twenty fourteen is 2019. They still fucking lying to me.
0: <laughs> Welcome back, Madison Rain. Um. So let's see what else happened on Impact. Oh, oh let's uh, talk Scarlet... about the
1: real storyline of Impact, which is Scarlet
0: Bordeaux. <gasps> oh, of course. I loved this. <laughs> First of all, I I have been whatever on the whole Scarlet Bordeaux thing the last couple months. But this girl came through serving some damn 1998 Sable, Sable I am a woman, and I'm going to fight for my rights realness, and I was here for it. This was – and Disco Inferno is a naturally dislikable human being, so it was realistic. I loved this whole thing.
1: It oh, I can't really makes me wonder, though – it makes me wonder, in the grand scheme of things, was that whole disco comment that happened forever ago to help set this up? Um,
2: I, don't, I really don't know, just because I don't give Disco in front of that kind of credit to think oh, long-term anything. I don't either. Anything. And at the end of the day, I don't
1: care. But, like, it's just, you know, either way, like, I think it did make this a little bit more exciting, in all honesty, because I was like, fuck yeah, beat the shit out of it. I'm like, go for it, Scarlett. Like, do it.
2: Somehow it would not surprise me at all if the thoughts expressed on Twitter in regards to what he thinks of women's wrestling is not that far off from what he actually thinks. So
3: I feel like that's what how he really thinks because I remember when I used to listen to the MLW show when he was on it and he would just say those things just outwardly. Does not care. I have no time for that. I, man.
0: I feel like it would probably be more one of those things where they did the angle because of his comments.
3: Maybe, but here's the thing: if I have not acknowledged you since 1998, when you was wearing those spiral pants on WCW you Saturday
0: night,
3: over I'm not fucking dealing with you in 2019. But uh, okay, seriously
0: though, I was not expecting Scarlett to be such a damn cute little baby face. It's like, I was like,
3: okay. I'm used to her being a heel.
0: Yeah, I was not expecting that. Like, I just. I'm, I'm just here for it and she looked amazing. I just, I, and the crowd was super into it. I just really, I, it's rare that I get to catch up with Impact right after it happens and this was the first segment I watched of it on YouTube and I was just like, holy shit. I
2: don't know, it just feels like the knockouts division over the last year and a half has been very, very good as far as like making some gold out of what they have, and even expanding on that gold, too, because you see the woman they've been bringing in more and more. So, to so I'm out of time, before we see how Jordan Grace uh, transcends into the knockouts title uh, feud and everything we've heard going against Tessa this coming week for the number one contendership, yep. or how we're going to see Kiera transform outside of just being Allie's former best friend or whatever they want her to do.
0: I need a Kiara Hogan push, please. Please.
2: Please. 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 I'm begging. The
3: whole staff is
2: begging. If WoW could do it, then Impact can do it. I have faith. Come
3: on, guys. I mean, so this actually, isn't on our list.
4: Wow's quite the
2: little television show.
4: But unfortunately I mean I wouldn't know I don't get access to T V. Exactly. Nobody gets pursuit or whatever done. No, no, uh Impact is on Pursuit. Oh yeah. Whatever.
2: No, like I just generally do not have it in my cable package. I probably could I get it, but either. it's not worth the extra thirty a month. <laughs>
0: So, um, speaking of the number one contendership match in Taya Valkyrie's Knockouts Championship, she actually had a promo with Johnny Impact or John Morrison or John Hennigan or um, Johnny Mundo or Johnny this past week. And it looks like she's going to be turning heel and she kind of been playing the role of supportive ex-wife or supportive wife that does all the talking for her man. (laughs) I kind of like this, but I feel like this is of Valkyrie's third character in a year. And mm. we've had this conversation before. I will say this, though, just from that one promo. I like her better as a heel than I do a
4: babyface. I think it fits her more.
2: Mm-hmm. And I just feel like when they tried to transform her into a babyface, they did everything they could. Sure, she was getting cheers and everything, but just... The look and everything, I feel like they could have done a little bit more to make her the baby face. I just always felt like whenever I've seen Ty, it's always more natural for her to be a heel just because she kind of has like the cockiness, the swagger to her style. The moves that she does are more flashy and like trying to take the attention away from her opponent with how she does uh, the road to Valhalla, with how she does that moon salt and everything. So it's nice to see that kind of change up and it's probably going to paint open a lot more contenders for her title just because when you look at if she was a babyface, the only real heels in the division were Sue and Tessa.
1: I disagree with that statement. I don't think there are heels or faces in Impact at all. Um, I I still don't think they're really developed. I think the only heel is Tessa. um, And I think there is no face. Um, I think through all of this, everybody just tweens and it depends on who Impact wants to put together today as to who's going to be the heel and who's going to be the baby face. So sure.
0: Let, depends on the taping.
1: Right. So let Taya go heel for a couple of months and then I'm sure she'll be on the baby face side of things in a hot minute when Sue needs someone to face. Like whatever. It's still, yes, Impact is doing good things. I don't think they're bad. I still think there's no kind of long-term development whatsoever.
4: I don't get them bringing in Katie Forbes. Can I please discuss this? Yeah, before? I was going to say, um, she Katie is...
1: Forbes will be de- Well,
4: I know
0: why Katie Forbes is debuting for Empire. Oh,
1: because, why Katie Forbes yeah. is debuting, too. We all do. I'm all in. I'm all in on Katie Forbes. Why? Next
0: knockout ch- As long as she's wearing that outfit that she wore at WrestleCade. I'm but just saying,
4: I- oh. she better have her ring rats with her.
1: Oh, please. Oh, I'm ready. So, um, do we have
0: our music ready for our
2: favorite segment? Speaking of impact, I forget. Normally, we go to this first. No, because I absolutely forgot we were even doing the damn segment. So okay, hold on. Mind me for one moment, Sierra. I apologize in advance, just because this is the quickest theme that's going to load.
3: Wait,
0: what? It's time for the Gail Kim tweet of the week, oh, y'all. God, y'all didn't
2: think I was
0: waiting an episode going through without doing. Where this?
2: the hell is it? There we go.
0: We've got to, again, before I throw through this segment, I should probably actually have a Kim tweet already.
2: Well, I mean, it's not that far off in the group chat this time. I don't, I really hope it's not that far off in a group chat because I was prepared today. March Um, 8th, 8.42 p.m. What? No! That gravy is the best! Yeah,
0: Angelina Love, your son has good taste buds. Screw the cheese! Fries with gravy all the way! At Tracy Brooks, you're nuts! (laughs)
2: See, see, see. I mean, there was an alternative Gail Kim tweet of the week. uh In regards to Tori Wilson going into the Hall of Fame, some smart tried her, and Gail says, and I quote, Why is it controversial? She's contributed a lot to the business, and the fans adored her. There are more people who are way more controversial picks, like that poop, Donald Trump. I don't care whether there is a celebrity inductee or not. That whole part should be taken out. Ladies and gentlemen,
0: this has been the Gail Kim tweet of the week.
2: You could find her at that poop Trump.
0: <laughs> I had forgotten about the uh, that tw- that poop part. Yeah, that would have been my first choice. As
2: I well. mean, if someone could actually make a that poop Trump account and just like retweet the Gail Quinn uh, tweet of the week, I will forever be in your debt.
1: Friends, can we backtrack for two seconds? Sure. Because I decided to go Twitter hunting. Uh-huh. It really looks like the undead maid of honor is Buggy
2: Nova. It is. Oh yeah, I think it is Buggy Nova actually. Cause I remember seeing some of the spoiler tweets or whatever on Twitter and people were saying that it was Buggy instead of Casey cause usually Casey's at the Canada tapings because she's local. So right. I don't know what the hell's going on.
1: So I think they, like I said, I mean, it's a uh, not person. Like it's.
0: So, so this, so there's no one certain person. I don't think, I don't
2: think there that. is. Okay.
0: All right. Are we missing anything with Impact? There's some stuff coming up that hasn't happened yet. So we'll wait
2: until that happens to talk about that. I mean, if someone pisses someone off enough, then we'll see. But (laughs) Oh, okay.
4: Rosemary signed for two more years.
2: Didn't they
0: tease this as somebody was returning to Impact when they announced this, if I remember this correctly? I think so. So that was kind of interesting. I like her. I love that character.
4: She's a really good character, and I think she does great things in Impact, and I
0: think. Yeah, and, and you know what? The thing about her is she has brought so much diversity into in in terms of seeing different things that we see out of the division now compared to years ago.
4: Right. Okay. All
0: right. Am I missing anything else with Impact? I don't think so. All right, Casey and Dennis, one of y'all give me something from the Indies.
4: Well, I'll go. Okay,
1: okay, go ahead, Casey, you got okay. it.
4: Okay. Oh. Um, WSW crowned its first women's champion this past weekend. Um, Jordan Grace defeated Shaza McKenzie and Kelly Ann in a triple threat match to become the first ever women's champion for the company in Australia. So another, Bellator. another big win for Jordan Grace.
0: All right, Dennis, what you got for me?
1: All right, got a bunch of things. So this past weekend, Nova Pro had Calling All Girls, um, quite a few matches on there. Uh, quick run through. Veda Scott defeating Christy James. Lady Luck defeating Lady Frost. Harlow O'Hara defeating Solo Darling. Ariella Nix retaining the Pro Wrestling Magic Women's Championship over Leva Bates. Alley Cat defeating Penelope Ford. Quinn McKay defeating Vanity, Gemma Cross, Avery Rose, Casey Cattell, and yes, Gabby Gilbert in a six person scramble match. Tara Calloway defeating Shotty Black and in the main event, Queen Faye Jackson defeating Kimberly. With a wonderful hot dog moment that you should go look on Twitter for yourself to see. The greatest thing you'll watch this week. It's wonderful. Um, Faye Jackson really doing the Lord's work out here. Um, Couple of things coming up. Uh, Queens of Combat will be in Charlotte, North Carolina this weekend. I know
0: Um, nobody that'll be on that show. um, I wonder who's in the booth.
1: Hey, um, it will be Saturday, and they are doing a double header with the first show starting at 4 p.m. You can still get tickets at queensofcombat.com. Uh with all of that, a couple of matches that have been announced, not announced as to which show they will necessarily be on, but some of the matches already. The Sea Stars versus the Sinister Sweethearts, Savannah Evans will take on Harlow O'Hara, Jordan Grace will take on Chris Statlander, uh, Tasha Steele, Zeta Zang, and Samantha Heights will be in a triple threat. Jordan Grace will challenge Diamante for the Queens of Combat Championship, and it will be Casey Catal, Vanity, Zeta Zhang, Tasha Steeles, Veda Scott, and Faye Jackson in a number one contendership six woman scramble match where the winner will face the Queens of Combat Champion at Rally Supercon in July. Plenty of fun, exciting things coming at Queens of Combat, so hopefully you will be there. And then the show that we have been talking about the most in this chat prior to the show going on air, WSU will be trying something new with a bunch of new women that we have not seen or heard of before. But nonetheless, will be exciting times. We can still- lots of potential on the show. My God. Wonderful one! Um, matches announced already include Delmi XO versus Aja Pereira. Maria Manic uh. will take on Rain Victoria. Chris Statlander will defend the Spirit Championship that she won from Jordan Grace just recently against Savannah Stone. Ava Everett will take on Vanity. Brittany Blake will take on Layla Hirsch. Angel Sinclair will face Violet. Valentina Vasquez will take on Megan Mason, and Jinx will take on Casey Catal. So, quite a barn burner that will be happening there. Uh, That's all I got, Chris. Back to you. Back to Queens of Combat. I feel like, thank you, Dennis. I feel like I just got sent over for the weather
0: report, and I'm thrown back to the the news anchor desk. You're welcome. Um, Back to Queens of Combat for a second. Of course, my favorite part of the month is getting to go to those shows for no other reason. Come to Charlotte, North Carolina to hear me and Dennis argue over what we're having for dinner that evening.
1: It's also true, and here, the greatest actual theme of all time, which is Maddie Max's theme song.
0: Queen. I'm trying to convince Casey to just have that be the intro to this show, but he's not going for it.
1: Oh, my God, I wish.
0: <laughs> we will have an alternate version for the Patreon listeners. All right, Dr. Reed. Dr. Reed Medicine Woman, what you got for me on a Josie level this week?
3: Am I being paged? You're is being paged. A, is this an actual emergency or are you just paging me because you want to hear my
2: voice? Doctor, doctor, give us the news. All of the above.
3: Well, some quick hits with the Joshis. Um, we got some retirements coming up. Lisa, <laughs> No, not you. No, no. Y- you've worn out that option too many times. <laughs> <fucking roots>?
0: <laughs> you must now work forever. You must now work forever. you about
3: if I'm out here working, you're working too. Okay, so I feel like my parents said that to me when I was sixteen.
2: <laughs> we will be competing in a reverse ty- retirement match at Combat against Dennis Kerwin, Kaelin, TNA Jackson, T- Jackson.
3: Yeah, we'll do like the, um, the week is.
2: we'll
3: do like a retirement match, but we'll do like that um battle royal thing in TNA where it's like you got to go. Out to the outside, or something like that, or you gotta, world. yeah, you gotta jump inside like some wild shit. Will we'll do have that. a
2: queen of the cage match to determine who is actually going to retire.
3: We'll be locked down, and somebody will tie my hair to the cage like Awesome Kong just because why not? Um, yeah, and stardom, we got two retirements coming up. Can you guys guess who's retiring? Can you guess? I got it.
1: Pick Dennis.
3: Okay, <laughs> Dennis, can you guess who's retiring?
1: Well, I know one of them. Did you say two? It's two. Well, I don't know both, but I will tell you that Shiki Shibasawa is retiring. I did see that one, so I got one. Yes.
3: And the other one is Nao Yamaguchi.
1: Oh, I did read that, too. I didn't realize she was retiring. I just saw that she was going on to different ventures, which I didn't know if that meant she was retiring or no.
3: Yeah, which is which is so wild because, you know, she's been practically not wrestling for a while. And so when I seen what happened was – um on Sunday, Stardom put out that, you know, Shigi Shibasawa has, you know, said that she's going to be leaving the business and moving along with her life and she's going to be announcing her official retirement and I believe her match is going to be on March 28th at Corcoran Hall. I, I don't know how Stardom does this anymore. They, they used to announce the retirement ahead of that show, but I don't know. Shigi's doing her own thing. But anyways, uh, Naomi Amaguchi has also announced that March 28th will be her final date as the manager of Oedo Tai. And she will be moving on to a new phase in her life. So we're going to have two members of Stardom's young roster leaving. What do you guys think about this?
1: You know, it's always surprising to me on a Joshi level uh, of the retirements that happen at such a young age, because mm-hmm. we just don't see that happen much in the US, um, at least to that level. And so for me, kind of surprising when I saw this. My real question is, is what kind of fills the roster? And Sierra, you can correct me if I'm wrong here, but the stardom roster seems a little thin versus what we've seen before.
3: Right. Um,
1: and so I feel like with two more retirements, albeit, you know, she hasn't wrestled since November, December? Possibly around that time, um, yeah. And so, you know, that's been missing and, and Neo has only been managing. With all that being said, I, I still want to see what Stardom's going to do in the sense of really beefing up the roster, especially when a lot of their international talent has either A, been signed, Rachel Ellering looking at you, um, or B, ha- has kind of been doing a bunch of other things or, or has kind of made that tie to NXT UK. And so, what's even really happening on the international level with stardom really i don't know how to feel
3: when it comes to the roster it, it's quite thin in comparison to maybe i want to say about five years ago when literally everyone on the roster had some type of storyline or was involved in a title picture in some form or some aspect nowadays you have their roster has a lot of young people That have just literally just started learning to wrestle. And, you know, they have the future stardom title, which is great to have, you know, for the younger up and comers. But it's just like, they've got that going on. And then, with the tag team titles, it's, you know, they've got so many teams in stardom. You know, I always tell you guys, it's stables over there, like in most Mm -hmm. Joshi promotions. You know, it's, you'll see the belts bounce back and forth between stables, you know, or, get a new foreign tag team in there and then they'll get the belts or something like that. But when it comes to their foreign talent, a lot of them, like you said, Dennis, are getting snatched up, signed, or preoccupied with other bookings they have elsewhere. And I think that right now is the time, if I was stardom, I would really focus on signing this freelance Joshi talent that's out there. Like when they picked up Cassandra Miyagi, I was shocked. Because, one, she had been with Sendai Girls for the past couple of years. She goes and decides to go freelance, leaves the promotion, and then she signs with Stardom a couple of days later. That was a big step for them to choose her right off a free agency. And they have potential to deal with so many others. I mean, of course, you got Arisa Nakajima, Nanae, Takahashi, all of them over in Seatling. But there's so many other women who have left their respective promotions, have gone freelance, that they could snatch up. Hikara is one of them. I don't understand how she's been freelance for since 2013.
1: I mean, I just think that there's a big piece in all of this. And again, I'm not well-versed in the Joshi scene, mm-hmm. so you can at Velvel holler with these complaints. No, we're not.
2: But <laughs>
1: with that being said, like, stardom is the one thing I try to keep a pulse on. A gimmick
2: infringement? Oh, You're come on. It's welcome. been on four different podcasts at this point. Uh, Relax.
1: I love mine! Anyway, with that being said, um, I think overall, when you really just look at what stardom's kind of been doing... From my lens, Sierra, I feel like stardom was a bit more exciting a year, year and a half ago mm-hmm. than it is now. Um, I mean, just kind of looking at the, the landscape of the championships, they've all been pretty stagnant for a hot minute with except maybe the artist titles switching on like, you know, first offenses, which are every mm-hmm. eight months. Um, and so all in all, I just feel like, You know, we're kind of sticking to the same core girls, which is fine, and I I get that, but, I mean, I'm kind of ready for some new champions. I'm kind of ready for some new blood, and I'm kind of ready for some storyline shakeups. I mean... back when they kind of redrafted all of the factions again. Um, and it was kind of exciting. You saw some switch-ups. You see somebody like Hazuki getting moved over from Queen's Quest to Aue no and really finding more of her own. Mm-hmm. I think with all of that, I kind of want to see that happen again. I think I'm ready for
3: something freshening in Stardom. See, they really need to do something to change it up. I mean, I've been complaining about Stardom's roster, booking, um decisions for the last maybe two, three years at this point. And
0: I was going to say, I've, I've heard this for as long as I've known
2: you. <laughs>
3: yes. Cause I mean, there was a point when everything was going right, but it's what happened to me. I feel like stardom lost its way, especially when they realized that they were getting exposure from the American audience. And then when they started to launch their own streaming service, like the tension went from the product more so itself to let's include all these foreign competitors which is great and fine. They did that since the beginning of the promotion but there was one time where Sarah Stock was the only international talent on the fucking show for six months and we weren't every week being like wait, weren't we just introduced to three different girls? Who are these three new girls? It it was not like that and now it's like that and it's I feel like they've warned our audience, especially their casual fans that will watch it sometimes, didn't really get into Joshi or the product like that. They warned them out of that, you know, expectation or that excitement. You've given them too much, too fast, too soon. And now it's like, what do you do with that? You know, like all of that is just there. It's, they have nothing else to do, but besides Bring some new foreign talent or, you know, figure out a better way to change their storylines. Like, for instance, they need to get rid of the high speed belt. That needs to go. Like, that belt is about, like, 20 years old, I feel. And I, I hear you,
1: but I think now is the most exciting it's been in a long time.
3: Right. I, I agree with that. Like I, I like having a high speed belt, but I feel like if you're gonna have the future stardom title, the artist belt, the goddess's belt, then you have the winter stardom belt, then you have the world of stardom belt, <laughs> and high speed belt, Sounds then you like have Dragons Then championship case. you have the SWA belt.
1: Okay, but that's the belt that I'm over. Yes. Um
3: it's, it's it's so much of a cluster that's what i'm saying and,
1: like and also when you only have like you know 15 girls on the mm. roster that are the same continuously it's no surprise when you know half of them have two or three bells
4: mhm now sierra i am not well versed in joshi either but i've noticed mm-hmm. with stardom the foreign talent isn't exactly too well known. Sometimes they get like a Nicole Savoy, but most of the time it's pretty unknown girls from like the UK or the US who've just started More shine. <laughs> right? Uh, do that? you think that
3: affects the roster? Um, when it comes to the foreign talent, I don't, I don't know what it is like. I remember one time questioning how they pick certain competitors. But the way it was explained to me is that they first they were going off names on the indies, right? Like you would get your Cole Savoy, your Charlene Melissas, you know, mm-hmm. the big names. And then there became a point where they were just picking anyone. And I think what really made it even seem stranger is when you know they started having um with the inclusion of Rise and Rise was doing those tryouts and stuff like that and guaranteeing certain people certain spots on certain shows or certain promotions, then you have the Ring of Honor deal. So you're getting a lot of people just, you know, popping out of nowhere. And some of these people, I don't even know their names half the time. Yeah. I, I just be like,
4: who is that?
3: You know? Yeah. And I watch everyone. I pay attention to everyone. But there's times where I just, like, excuse them while – who was that? Mm-hmm. Like no. Like and then it just be like, you know, I don't know if they feel it like they're trying to trying to make their own homegrown talent like in a sense like um for instance Chris Wolf. No one knew who Chris Wolf was forever. Like this, you know, Latina girl showed up in <laughs> stardom and everybody's like, "Who is this? Chris Hernandez chick. Who is this?" And she became a part of the promotion, and then eventually, like, she was there for so long, like, you didn't question her existence. I don't know if that's what they're trying to do nowadays when they pick up these no-name personalities, but I feel like it's kind of neglectful, too. Because there's a lot of competitors here in the States and in Canada that will blossom in Japan. And that they could utilize, like, easily. But I don't I don't know. It's so weird. It's kind of like how New Japan does it, too. You know, how they just pick some random people like Jay White. Like, what? Mm-hmm. Why? You know? And, I think, and here's my
1: thing, Sierra. I hear you. But my real question, and I think this goes off of what was just kind of said, so I'm sorry for cutting you off. Mm-hmm. But at the same token, do we not think that it's been some of the international talent going to stardom that has kind of kept more eyes beyond just Joshi fans to watch stardom.
3: Oh no, I I believe some of the international talent has helped keep stardom in relevance nowadays, especially when you have big stars like Tony Storm coming in. Um Tony Storm, Katie Lee, Kaylee Ray, Viper, you know, few exceptions I feel like have helped move that needle. But when it comes to certain other names like, for instance, because um, I'm ballsy, I don't care. Anybody from Ring of Honor? No. <laughs> Ring of Honor
4: has women? Wait,
1: wait, too? wait, 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 wait. Yes. Anyone?
4: Anyone. Excuse me. Mandy is a goddess. I thought y'all
0: and Mandy weren't on speaking terms this week. Um, and
3: here's the thing. God I like Mandy. Mandy. I like Mandy. Mandy follows me. Don't unfollow me, Mandy. I'm not shaming you. Here's I'm the thing. Just... You don't mean
0: Mandy. We mean Mandy. Side, sidebar. Did anybody see that parody of Mandy's theme with Charlotte walking backstage? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) That was a thing. So for those who haven't seen it, it's, um, and this is way off base. I'm sorry. But the caption is whispers, Charlotte, with (laughs) her walking like Mandy in a backstage segment. It's the greatest thing you'll see this week. But we're not talking about that, Mandy.
3: No, like I like Mandy. I like Mandy being Leon, and I think she's a great girl. But I honestly feel like the Ring of Honor connection um, did not do anything for really anybody on both sides. Because I mean, now we're having Mayu. She has the Ring of Honor M of Honor Championship. Like, yeah, that's great because she's a former world champion over in Stardom. Like that. Of course, that's going to move needles, but. It hasn't helped or elevated anybody else in the grand scheme on both sides, if you get what I'm saying. Like, oh, I get Cubs,
1: exactly what you're saying.
3: Like if you're going to pick foreign talent for your shows or you're going to invest in working with a foreign c- company, you need to pick people that are going to not only help elevate you, but you're going to help each other. And it's equal playing field. And I don't feel like their partnership with Ring of Honor has done that for either one of them. Is what I'm trying to say here. Like for instance. Wrestling Eve has a healthy relationship with Sendai Girls.
0: And good storylines
3: too. And look how that's worked out for both ends. Like it's not like that. Like a few years ago. Stardom had a working relationship with Sendai Girls. And that was a Bomb ass working relationship because one, you got amazing match with Dash, Kisako, Sendai Shachiko versus Io Shirai and Mayu Iwatani. Like, you know, mind you, at the time, Io and Mayu had beat everybody in the tag team division stardom and was going around and just challenging any Joshi tag team. And Dash and Sendai said, um, excuse ma, you didn't ask us. And they tore the house down. And then, of course, you had the matches with Michael Sadamore coming in there and showing him who's boss, you know. Those partnerships is what I'm saying. Like, those are the healthy and help out. I know Stardom has, like, their partnership with um, British Empire Wrestling. And besides, like, getting together and doing, like, a one-year show, it really hasn't helped any of those promotions, honestly, like, I don't know. I feel like at some point when it comes to Joshi and Japanese wrestling, foreign talent and foreign partnership helps, but so much sometimes.
0: So y'all want to hear a Mandy story. Oh boy. To wrap this up. Does it involve a superplex? No. This, I can't believe I'm publicly admitting this on the air. First time I ever saw Mandy was at a Queens of combat show And, okay, Leon White, God rest his soul, was Vader, right? Mm -hmm. Don't ask me why. For some reason, I thought because Mandy's last name was Leon, or Leon, I read it as Leon, I thought she was Vader's daughter.
3: (laughs) Oh, my I God!
1: Catch this as a soundbite. That'd be a no to go in the intro. Oh, that's <laughs> right there. On Twitter, I
0: never mentioned it to her publicly. It's not like something I went around telling everybody. I'm, but I'm I just went around
1: and telling people
0: for her Well, I just said it on the freaking air, but
1: I don't know why. <laughs>
0: I thought Mandy Leon was Vader's, <laughs> Dennis just muted himself because he's probably dying right now.
2: I mean, if you've seen Mandy on the top rope, clearly there's no family resemblance, so... <laughs>
3: Mandy Goodbye. if you uh, if if Mandy unfollows me everyone it's because of their asses.
0: I've, I've I I've never talked shit. to Mandy I'm sure she's a nice girl I don't she know she is a
3: sweet girl I have never bad enough Mandy <laughs> I've never had a problem with Joshie
2: Jordan she's she
0: has retweeted sound off when I marry a woman and Casey talks positively about Mandy Leone
3: She's talk retweeted positive. articles of mine I think she's even told me happy birthday once please <laughs> Hey Sierra, did you hear it's your birthday? It's no, done. it's not. It's,
0: it's not. <laughs> so I think it's time to get out of here. <laughs> Anybody have anything else?
3: Um.
0: Alexa Bliss is hosting a party at WrestleMania. That's it. Yeah, her. she, and she is.
2: is. And then, uh, uh, reach our combination wrestling. Excuse me. Faye Jackson defends her new women's championship against Sumi Sakai.
3: Oh. Ooh, okay. uh, and Chihiro Hashimoto is defending Ersendai's, uh Girls World Championship against Jordan Grace on April 16th. So.
0: All right. I think we've covered all of our indie notes. Uh, you can follow Jose on Twitter at the Jose Can You See? The letters U
2: and C. Or at Apex. At what? Or at Play Apex because it's taking over my life clearly if I don't I talk actually, to these two um, idiots. My friends get money every time you say that
0: so I'm fine with that. Um. <laughs> Sierra, give me your numbers because I always forget them.
3: It's CIAra nine two one eight nine, and keep y'all's fiancés out my inbox, okay? What? 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 Yes. What? Yes. Yes. Well, this took a
2: turn for the worse.
3: Your um, you
0: can follow Dennis on Twitter at Dennis underscore SCS. You can catch him at Queens of combat this Saturday in Charlotte, North Carolina at Hebron hall. Follow at Queens of combat on Twitter for more details. You can follow. <laughs> follow at, if you see Casey to keep up with Casey, you can follow us at SC sirens and you can follow me on Twitter
2: at Chris Riddle. And mm-hmm. you can follow Gail Kim at Gail Kim It's Me or at That Poop Trump. <laughs>
0: and you can catch me at your local CWF Mid-Atlantic show on commentary or possibly getting into a promo with a manager. All right. I think that uh, wraps us up. I've got to go inquire about what Sierra just said. <laughs> so we'll
4: see you next time on the Siren Sound All. Bye. Good night.